welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Frank. Hello. Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Ashley O. Hello. It's our birthday. <laughs> Just cut to the chase. Cut to the let me okay, let me lay it out for you. Cut people. to the chase, cut to the cake. There is no cake. Uh. First of all, here's the thing, Chelsea. It's our anniversary. There's no cake. There's no paper. Second thing, it's our birthday. Everyone needs to know. There's no paper. It's the first anniversary, so it's apparently the paper anniversary. <laughs> so says Russ Frushtick, huh. who has had a really good gift idea for that, but we're not marrying a real person. We're just having a <laughs> podcast anniversary. What if we're marrying each other? I don't know. I'm into that. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Is anyone ordained? Uh, we can make that happen online. Just type, okay. type it, it out. right now. It takes like five minutes, right? Okay, I'll yeah, get ordained. Uh, I think if we all like each marry a different person, yes. it will still work, right? Oh, so do we just marry across the table? Like I'll marry Ashley, but Ashley will marry Chelsea, but oh. Chelsea will marry Allegra. Why yeah. can't just we do two marriages <laughs> no. No. instead of four? Yeah. Because I want to be joined with all of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess in like that, the Borg. Yeah, like the, the Borg. The what? The um, Star Trek Borg. The Cube. Yes, the like cube. the Cube. The movie. Like the hive mind, basically. The Matrix. I don't know. Hive mind. <laughs> Destiny. Like the, yeah, like Destiny. You ascend to one perfect po- podcast host. The ones from Mass Effect. Yeah. What are they called? Halo. <laughs> Halo. Isn't the swarm? I don't. I didn't play Mass Effect though. Master Chief. Why well, can't I remember what they're called? <laughs> anyway, so it is our. Uh, we've been podcasting for one year. That's amazing. That's very cool, and we're very happy. Uh, I mean, this past year has been super exciting for us in terms of being appearing on YouTube and reading your guys's questions like from Twitter Live. That was exciting and scary, but you always made it fun. And getting emails from people is always such a wonderful thing and being able to just sit in this room this nice cool temperatured room and talk at each other once a week every week is lovely so i am very happy that we've survived our first year and in honor of first years we're going to be talking about video game firsts today we're going to be doing something basically the same but kind of different in name (laughs) And I'm going to be talking about Bioshock, which is technically I the first quote-unquote real game, real game, that I ever beat. And I'm saying that because I beat it when I was 16. And at that age, it's, you, it's not enough to say that I... I beat Rita Rabbit, or I beat Barbie Riding Club, or I beat Treasure Mountain, which I didn't because my brother deleted my save file, and I'll never forgive him. What? You had all those treasures. Well, I had a, I had a hell of a lot of treasures, Chelsea, but I, I didn't have all the treasures. I also had a lot of treasures. And then I had no treasures. But and now I have no treasures. I can't go back to there. I lost the magic. But at the age 16, like you have to be able to say, I beat a... First person shooter shoot fest game. That's a real game, and I'm a real gamer because I'm a teen. That was kind of the logic going on there. Um, and Bioshock is still super important to me, even up to this day, because it kind of it, it. This might sound cliche saying this in the year of our Lord 2018, but it was 
one of my first major game narrative experiences. Like that blew my mind at the time. The graphics blew my mind at the time. The subject matter blew my mind also. And uh, the fact that it was a horror game, which I usually, I still to this day don't play those because they scare the crap out of me. But it was one that I was able to kind of push myself through. And I was very proud of that. And I still am proud of that to this day. You should be. That's, I mean, that was like, I I remember playing and beating that game. And it, because it, it does take you in that big twist in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And that felt so new at the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. it felt like something that video games weren't doing. Even if now we look back at it and we're like, I don't know if that was as good as, but at the time it felt amazing. Yeah. And I, I feel like that, that can still be true, you know? Like, I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil a... 12-year-old game, if that's okay. I'm looking to Ashley. Who is I'm actually thinking. really offended that, one, you took my first, whatever, story, and second, you think that I didn't even play it? No, no. no wow! I, I, no, I'm asking you wow. if you're okay with spoilers. Spoiler alert! No, we're, uh, yeah, we're... Because you're the most sensitive about spoilers, so I'm asking what you think about us spoiling Bioshock. It's fun. Okay. Okay, um, so the twist in Bioshock is, of course, that you have been sort of controlled by the villain for the first half of it, and it creates this metaphor where you, as a player, have, of course, been killing and following all these instructions because it's a game. That's what you do. You want to win, but then there's a twist, and then it makes you go, oh, but then am I just being mind-controlled as a... I just accepted all these things and did these things because the game told me to, just like this character accepted and did all these things because he was being mind controlled. Anyway, at the time, and I still think I still think that that feeling of that kind of like, whoa, my mind is blown, still holds up in a way where it is of its time. But like, it was really well done, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, like that game, it's that twist I think that is the best part of that game. Whereas mm-hmm. that like the final boss fight was really unremarkable Sucked. and lame. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that like for you as someone who wasn't really I don't like the the word gamer, but like a someone, true gamer. <laughs> yeah. True for gamer. someone who mostly played like you know, Barbie riding club and puzzle games and that sort of thing. This makes my whole like childhood <laughs> sound really lame. I play no. City of Heroes. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound that lame. Makes it sound lame. Can't <laughs> beat that game, unfortunately. But it's interesting that I feel like Bioshock was really compelling for a lot of like basically a myriad, you know, myriad people of like different genre preferences. I played Bioshock mm-hmm. too, right? And like, I don't usually play first person games yeah. or like, I remember the first time I played it, I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't know how first person works. Yeah. Um, I just do RPGs or everyone's tiny with big heads. Um, but I think to what you were saying- <laughs> such a specific description. I mean, that's what it is. But what you are saying, Chelsea, about like that twist and how that seemed really like novel at the time, um, like the fact that the story was so unique again at that time and so strong, I mm-hmm. think that's maybe what stood out for generally, like all of us have played it, right? Like yeah. that's sometimes a rare this thing. Is the, wait, this is the one game that we've all played? <laughs> it seems like it. I think it might be. Like yeah. it can transcend, you know, what your yeah. general inclination is because it has that really strong story or it has really good gameplay or it has just like the cool mm-hmm. level design. So I think like, yeah, that's a really yeah. good classic game. And I still think that for all that dramatic environmental storytelling is kind of maligned, 
mm-hmm. Bioshock does it so well. Like some of those recordings that you hear that you then piece together with things that you find, bodies that you find later, like it can it's it was really powerful and it was really well done. And I absolutely loved the world of that game, which I think is something that is true of everyone who plays Bioshock. Like we all kind of fall in love with Rapture, even though it's a terrible fucking idea <laughs> mm-hmm. to fall in love with that horrible place. Yeah. I just yeah I think actually because I was thinking about it like there weren't as many games that used environmental like the the audio files yeah and I think it was like well to prevent you from having to read a bunch of lore yeah and I and now it it feels like a thing that's so it has been done a lot now and you're like oh this has been done so much but it was that it probably I don't think Bioshock was the first game to do it but it definitely made it feel mainstream mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of like all the, I love a lot of world building things in that game and some of them especially in contrast to Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. feel even better and I'm thinking specifically about the plasmids here because I feel like they made a very good in world justification for why there are vending machines where you can get a superpower to light someone on fire in Rapture and then you go to Colombia, and it's like, this is a beautiful, supposedly peaceful place. Why can I get a, a superpower that lets tentacles come out of the ground and slap someone <laughs> into the earth? <laughs> and like, all the crows, it doesn't make sense for anymore. some reason. Yeah, it ceases making sense in that world, but it was such a good idea for Rapture itself. Ashley, I know you also are a Rapture lover. Was there something about that setting that got you... Um, no, I mean, I think the like the nostalgia thing, which I didn't play Fallout at the time, so I don't think I was exposed to it as as much. So for that, um, that was super novel for me. Um, so I kind of liked that and like how they managed to even get um, what is it? All these like old recordings of like all this like um, what is it? Like kind of like phonograph e sounds mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because everything I can find is like unfortunately remastered. And so, I don't know, I kind of really like that they preserved this, like, graininess. Yes. That they, um, I don't know, they did a good job replicating in the second one. But, like, I think the third one, I was like, well, they're not going to they're not gonna go through with that. But they did. But they kind of did a different twist to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's totally different. Yeah, I love all the the sound design in Rapture. I, I, I almost wonder, so it's been, I have replayed it a few times but not in the last, like, two years, maybe. And every time I go back to it, I wonder if it's going to hold up as much as it does in my memories. And weirdly, so far it has. Like, no matter what horrible garbage I learn about Ken Levine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! Abusive <laughs> work environment. Um I, my, my my very first memory of Bioshock was that my my brother started playing it before me. I think we bought it at Costco, one of our trips to Costco in mm. in Paulsbo or Silverdale or something. And he got that game. I got something else. I don't know. And he pulled me into his room to show me the opening sequence because that's another one of those things that at the time fucking mind blowing. Not only just like how dramatic it was, but also 
the effects of the water, the light fire on the water, oh yeah, still looks so mm-hmm. fucking good. Mm-hmm. So Bioshock, if you are unfamiliar with it, for the one person who's unfamiliar with it, uh, it starts with a plane crash landing into the Atlantic Ocean um, and finding a lighthouse in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. What? Why? Um, and the so you start the game in the ocean, swimming with these parts of the plane on fire sinking around you and it still looks so fucking good i don't understand why that water still looks so good 20 i'm not 20 it's not been 20 years my (laughs) god i'm not that old 10 years later yeah 11 11 12 15 i feel like it was 2007 i can't yeah yeah and the final thing that i'll say about bioshock which really shows i i think how far media in general has come is that having a gay character like Sander Cohen was revolutionary <laughs> for me as a teenager. And it was always, so he's a, a very artistic villain who imprisons, who puts people in plaster statues. He murders people and makes them into plaster statues. He wears like mime makeup. He's very flamboyant. I fucking love him. I mm. will die for him. Um, but at the time, so of course, that's kind of like the stereotype is that queer kids find representation in media through villains who either are queer or who personify aspects of queerness that straight people find frightening, such mm. as men being effeminate and villains. Um, that kind of that kind of behavior adapted into villainy. Uh, and Sander Cohen, but, but but of course for for kids that can be very alienating. But it can also be like, fine, that's me, <laughs> the one that everyone hates, <laughs> the villain. But Sander there Cohen I am. is so good. He's he like is the best so character. good, and you don't have to kill him, which is the best thing about him. There's like also almost all the villains in that game, except for Atlas, are like way more interesting. They're so interesting. Like they're. Cr- weird doctor guy mm-hmm. the, the, like in the first area like that's an area that I'm kind of obsessed with mm. because it's so creepy and it just like I don't know medical like medical stuff really flips my shit out it really scares me Yeah. so that to me was like oh this is horrifying I want to get out of here but I loved it at the same time I was very much drawn in mm-hmm. that and Fort Frolic are such fantastic which is Sandra Cohen's area mm-hmm. are so fantastic I, I feel like I, Atlas is a good villain up until that final boss fight. Yeah. Almost. Because, like, that smiling persona that transforms into a nightmare. Yeah. I'm really into that. Totally. But it's just, like, then it was such a bad... I mean, maybe it's because, the yeah, some of the mechanics of that game were bad. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> maybe old games can be bad. All right. So, Bioshock. First game I ever beat. Fell in love with. Chelsea, mm-hmm. tell us about the first game that you were obsessed with. Uh, yes. So this was a like I there were maybe games that I'd beaten before this, but Nintendo sixty four was a console that was like I'd had the previous two Nintendo systems, but that was like a console I had in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I am all in on these games and experiences. I played a lot of uh, Super Mario 64 and GoldenEye, and I beat both of those. But Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was the first Zelda game I played. Sorry, Link to the Past. (laughs) Uh, Apologies. And it was a game that 
in that time, it felt so big and expansive. And I got so sucked into that world Mm -hmm. that I was, you know, constantly trying to figure out different ways to approach stuff, like trying to find Easter eggs. I was like looking at old GeoCity sites. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Because there was a whole big fan theory at the time that the the magical artifact in the Legend of Zelda series is the Triforce, for people who don't know. And it there was a theory that you could get it in Ocarina of Time if you just like looked around. And it was like all these places there were like people posting glitches where it's like, okay, if you dive into the Hyrule Lake and you like look this way, because like, you know, like in that game, in that that first like 3D Zelda game, there was like so many weird polygon polygonal glitches. So yeah. you could like walk into walls and there's all this weird stuff. So it was like, well, if you see it, you like go down here and dive around, you can see a Triforce like a, a shadow of one. It was just like wild fan stuff. But I was totally hooked. I was in middle school and I was like reading. I remember like reading this one guy's whole Ocarina of Time like theory insight, <laughs> like back to front. I read his about page. I was like, hey. <laughs> I, and like just like that kind of, you know, having a piece of media totally take over your brain. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the that was what I really enjoyed was just being able to like, I'm going to go live in that world. Even if it's like by the standards of now, it's so small. <laughs> it's so small. <laughs> when did you discover that? No, I mean, just like over time. But you, the first time you walk out into Hyrule Field, you feel like it is a giant limit, like open space, even though it's probably, it is probably smaller than the original Legend of Zelda if you mapped it out or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt big, right? Because you're a 3D character in that space. I feel like that experience of secrets in games is something that's so specific to games of that era. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way, Allegra? Yeah, definitely. Like when you were talking about the Triforce thing, um, one, it reminded me of like how that game and Wind Waker are still huge in speedrunning communities yes. for exactly that. Because watching that 19 or whatever minute speedrun of Ocarina of Time where people like jump backwards in some stairs and then get to the final boss power, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. How? How did you even learn that? Yeah, it's fascinating. And then the thing, like kind of just how it's um, almost like apocryphal sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reminds me of like in Pokemon, there was always the like, oh, this is how you find Mew under the truck. And like that was a huge thing. Or like, this is where Missing No is. I spent so much time surfing along that beach. I remember Mm -hmm. doing it on a plane ride and riding up. And I was like 13. I was like riding up and down Cerulean Bay looking for Missing No. So wait, can you explain what Missing No is? Missing No was this um, glitch. It is real, but it's this glitch. Uh, It was basically like leftover data from a Pokemon that they removed. Uh, So basically... Like there is a specific place in the game where you can find it and it turns into like a Pokemon battle against what is just like lines of code, Mm -hmm. which is really creepy. And it's called like missing no as in missing number because it doesn't have a number in the Pokedex because they removed it. And if you catch it, uh, you can use it in battle. But the word always was like you never had it, right? I think I did. Oh, you did? The word always was that it would crash your game. It would. So you'd have to save. You'd save before and then you'd never save afterwards. Yeah. Because it would crash your game. And like delete your save. It would not delete your save. I don't think it would. But I remember catching it. Because there wasn't. Oh, maybe also there was that section where you could get like you could farm Pokeballs. Maybe that's the section I'm thinking of. Yeah. So you could catch it. Or you would save your game before you caught it. Mm-hmm. And then forever afterward, you wouldn't be able to save your game, but you would be able to use that Pokemon Oh, you just turned your Game Boy off. 
you could use it in yeah. battle, but then you turn your Game Boy off because you didn't want your data corrupted yeah. if you saved again. Oh my god! Yeah. Like the fear was always that it would just like completely ruin your data. So what would happen if if your data was corrupted? You would lose all your Pokemon. Oh, god. I mean, yeah, Four especially hours. if you got missing no so late. That'd be a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I just looked up missing no on uh, Google Images and I found one with the Pokemon holding a sign that says I glitched mommy's game <laughs> in the, the style of cat shaming. Oh, <laughs> why don't you do that with Crunchwrap? You need to shame Crunchwrap more often. Um, I did that one time. Did it work? How do people get their cats to stay still for that? Mm, you just have to take a lot of pictures <sighs> at once and then hope that one of them works out. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay, <laughs> this is why I don't have a cat. But man, this this is making me very excited for like the that time of games where the internet was really old. Yeah, and you had to go on like BBSs to find secrets, and it was like game specific forums that all had like giant forum signatures. And you're like, well, <laughs> yes, oh, <laughs> or just like yeah, text based. I mean, test-based FAQ still exists, but man, that was like a time on the internet, and I I miss that a little bit. The time before like video walkthroughs. Oh my gosh, I hate video walkthroughs. I really do. I would much rather read that. I actually still go on GameFAQs.com. I love GameFAQs because <laughs> I just want to do Control F. Like I don't want to yeah. sit through a bunch of like footage that I don't care about with someone talking. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a game like like Pokemon or like um, Ocarina of Time, Ashley, that you that you had to get super involved in the online community for? Um, online community, I I think the only online community stuff I did, unfortunately, at the time, was for anime stuff. Oh, that's and that's not funny. game stuff. <laughs> the game stuff was confined to buying strategy guides. Oh uh, gosh. The beautiful, but like they were kind of like to me like a collector's item. Aww, like they yeah. weren't, but like you know the cover was like this beautiful like high res photo of like your favorite game, and then like they'll have their character bios in the front, and like sometimes they'll have like maps and other artwork in the back. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like those like expensive concept art books, but it's just like I think having a printed copy of like this game that suddenly came out was like super cool at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those those days. I have a strategy guide for one of the NES Mario Brothers mm. games somewhere oh. and it's like it has it's like a little paperback book size and you f- like flip it horizontally and it has the map maps drawn out which is oh, better so make sure nice. your mom doesn't throw that away, Chelsea. <laughs> that is in my apartment currently. Okay. Beat up to heck, but it is uh, in my possession. Good. Good. Any last thoughts about the Ocarina of Time? That's a good, just a good game. It does. It may not. I played actually. I played the 3DS remaster. Mm -hmm. It's still a very good game. Cool. What do you think they're gonna bring to the Switch? I say about every single game. Every single game. Like, hey, nice game you have there. (laughs) Would be nice if it were. I would. It would be nice. I would love. I mean, what if they could make an amazing Zelda collection for the Switch? <gasps> oh, stop! I would die. <laughs> I would be dead. Uh, but that would be. I mean, there's so many amazing games that are specifically locked to portables now too. Like, yeah, people didn't really play a lot of like Phantom Hourglass, which is a really good one too. And, and I, why don't they put Zelda Zelda Switch collection? 
E3 it's almost like there's an archiving problem with games, <laughs> which is not why I get to think but about. And, I mean, like it's and it's funny because Nintendo could just sell it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And they did. If you think about it, it's on N64, GameCube, 3DS, Wii, and Wii U. Yep. Wait, the Ocarina of Time. Is yeah. On Wii U? Yeah. If you wanted oh it on Switch, would you want it like? Kind of the same kind of N sixty four. No, the remaster looks really good. Or would or do you want like a Breath of the Wild type remaster of Ocarina of Time? Is that what you're talking? No, about? no. I want something that just looks a little better because the three DS one mm-hmm. like they cleaned up some of the stuff. My mind is being blown right now because I've never even heard of the Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? It's a. It was a mm. DS game. And you use the stylus to move Link around, and it's the and it's the cute little Wind Waker Link. Is that the one with like he has hell? a ghost following him? <laughs> yes. What the hell is this? I played Spirit Tracks. Sim- it's the which same. Which everyone doesn't even. Yeah, no, because it's the same art Wait, and like the same universe. Spirit but, Tracks. It's but a it's train just, one. There's a train it's Zelda. A train one. What are you talking That's about? That's exactly what I said when my friend told me. <laughs> yeah. I it's look at him. Are we sure this isn't like a Bernstein Bear situation? (laughs) No, this is absolutely (laughs) real. real. That's not real. That's not real. I found a picture of Thomas the Tank Engine, (laughs) (laughs) either flirting with or running over Tingle. I can't tell. Um, Either is good, honestly. (laughs) Thomas the Tank Engine flashback time. Anyway, wow, wow, Allegra, (laughs) you also have played games. Tell us about (laughs) your best birthday ever. And uh, why wasn't it any of the ones that I was involved in? <laughs> I've had good birthdays with you. Um, but yeah, so I guess I will classify this as the first love of my life. Um, my first relationship. So uh, the first game I ever had was Pokemon Red. I got it in October 2000. Uh, I really, I had to beg my parents. I was a big fan of the anime. Uh, I had the Pokemon cards, but I didn't have the games because my parents were like, I mean, you are young and those are expensive. You don't need to be looking at a screen, young lady. (laughs) Yeah, you already watch TV all day. Like, you don't need this crap, too. And then my mom, who's always been the easier one to get you to buy stuff, one day we were like, Mom, can we just get Game Boys? And she's like, okay. And we (laughs) went and my sister and I got a Game Boy color each. And she got blue and I got red. Uh, and it was rad. My parents had to help us kind of read the text because I was six and Aww. there was a lot of text. They had to help us like name our characters, <gasps> which was sweet. Um, and yeah, so I really liked it. But I was like, eh, I don't know. I hear there's this other one coming out soon and this game's kind of hard. And there's all these other Pokemon I already know about because the second generation game was about to come out in November. Um so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just play Red. I'm probably never going to get the new one because my parents are probably just going to think it's the same thing. And then in November, uh, I went to like this. My grandpa got married. This is relevant because he gave mm-hmm. all the kids gifts for some reason at his Aww, wedding. that's mm-hmm. nice. And so all the girls, and like I've always been a tomboy, all the girls got like earrings and rings. And I was like, I don't have my ears pierced. I don't fucking like jewelry. What is this shit? Gave it to my mom. And then all the boys got <laughs> video games. No. And I was like, I love no. video games. And so I'm sitting next to my cousin, who's my Grandpa. age. Grandpa. And he unwraps his gift. And it's Pokemon Silver, the new Pokemon game. That I was like, I've always wanted this. Or since I found out about it. And I <laughs> said it's it. a month ago. <laughs> I've always wanted this since for one a week. a month ago, I've always wanted this. 
And I was so upset. Like, all the boys got games. Mm -hmm. It was very sexist in the year 2000. Literally, I was like, I don't. Six. I don't want this jewelry. Um, I have a lot of issues with that. So I remember, like, my sister and I were kind of upset, and we told our relatives and my parents. I was like, I mean, I get it, but like, you know, everyone knows we like games too, and it kind of sucks that they're just like, well, that's a boy thing. The year two thousand. Hey, yeah, I was already a budding feminist. So then, my birthday is in December. And on my birthday, uh, my mom always wanted us to have like really big birthday parties because when she was growing up, like she, my mom's life is a whole different story, but she never had birthday parties and like pretty much spent a lot of her birthdays alone. And so she was always like, I want my kids to like have awesome birthdays because I never got to. So pretty much my whole life up until this one, uh, I had like huge birthday parties that I hated because I was shy and I didn't the want all those people there. The irony of her raising the biggest introvert in the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> like all these, like she would get clowns to come and I'm afraid <sighs> of clowns. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that. She would get like musical, musical guests. Like she would have guitar. Were they clowns? Allegra? (laughs) She had this guitar player come and he was like, all right, Allegra and Arms Frank, come up to the front. And I was like, I don't want people looking at me. So they were awful. And so by this birthday, December 2000, we were like, listen, mom, I get it. I love you, but I don't want to do this anymore. So it was the first birthday I had where I was not anxious. So one, that was awesome. It was just me, my sister, and my dad, my mom. And we almost never really spent time together, just the four of us, because like my mom is a crazy workaholic and had insane hours, and my dad just whatever he was around. But um, it was just the four of us. It was like a Sunday, and they were like, "Oh, we got you guys like a couple of things, like not much." And it was like two things each or something. My sister unwraps hers. It's Pokemon Gold, baby. And I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. We're starting <laughs> off. And then she got like some Pokemon figures too. Yeah. Uh, of like the new Pokemon and I was like oh god okay this is good and I got Pokemon Silver to match and also some little Pokemon figures and that was it God, the way you built that up. <laughs> I know, it was going to be like, I thought you didn't get it. Barbie horse adventure. <laughs> and here <laughs> is more jewelry. <laughs> well, I thought it was more jewelry. <laughs> Here's the same jewelry you gave me at your grandpa's wedding. And that's how we teach you to be grateful for what you get. <laughs> it's the same goddamn jewelry, you little asshole. <laughs> he saw that you were wearing it, so he's like, oh, she must have lost it. <laughs> I'll just get her a new one. <laughs> I'll do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. God. And then oh they threw God. in the jewelry too. No, they didn't. Uh, don't know where that jewelry is. I think it was like Tiffany. Are you what kidding? is wrong with we you? We gave it to my mom. My mom has it. Don't worry. Okay. Why my would mom you give a six-year-old Tiffany? That's what I'm saying. So we were just like, Mom, this is adult lady stuff. I'm not an adult what? lady. Well, he gave wow, all the that children, the female children. Yeah, all the female children. Did he? Is this like a Breaking Bad situation? <laughs> <laughs> What he's like money laundering? Yeah, that it, no, that it's just like, well, I have all this money, I'm gonna spend it on my family before I die or before they catch me. I wonder if it was his wife who's now because he got ex-wife. married. Yeah, I wonder if it was her like saying, spend all of the inheritance now, which she oh probably my God, would do that. It's a murder mystery. Put all of their inheritance money and jewelry they will never wear. Um, yeah. So my mom has that anyway. So I got Pokemon Silver. Almost tears, spent the whole day playing Pokemon Silver game. Again, I did not think I would get because apparently it's boys stuff. I'd just gotten Pokemon Red and that already mm-hmm. took a long time. I never really got like 
fancy electronic things like that because uh, they were expensive. Like games were so expensive back then. Um, and, and now. And now. <laughs> to and to I, be I, fair. <laughs> Wait, how much was Pokemon Silver back then? I don't remember. Probably like $40, $50 or something, which for a Game Boy Color game sounds yeah. like a lot. It does mm-hmm. sound like a lot. Plus the Game Boy and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I think relative to now, it's not as bad. But mm-hmm. yeah, so basically I played that game every single freaking day for like uh, two years, maybe. I Because I really just never got other games mm-hmm. because my parents were like, oh, these, you, we don't have money for these. <laughs> After that or- ordeal? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, here's the good it's news. <laughs> You can play Pokemon forever. I know. So I got Pokemon and like pretty much on Game Boy Color, I only had the two Pokemon games and one, like two other games, mm-hmm. literally forever. Um, so every single day I would just carry my Game Boy. I like stole I stole this little Game Boy light from my cousin <laughs> so I could play it in the dark. I would take it everywhere. We like traveled for a month the summer afterward. And I just like the only thing I brought was Harry Potter and my Game Boy. And all I did was play my Game Boy. I'd have a huge bag of batteries everywhere. I was like, do not talk to me. I am catching a Pidgey again. I need to breed. And I just got so involved. (laughs) I need to breed. I must breed. (laughs) Did they have breeding in silver? Yeah, they introduced breeding in silver. And I traded my Pokemon over from red. So I had my Pikachu early on. Did you breed your Pikachu? Oh, heck yeah. Ew! I got you. That's your best friend. <laughs> I forced him to have a mate with a ditto. That's what you do. What? Did Wait. you mate him with a ditto? I mated everyone with a ditto, baby. Why? Because I didn't have another Pikachu. Why? Wait. Oh, a ditto. Okay, sorry. The horniest, why ditto. can't you get another Pikachu? Because Pikachu is really rare. Yeah, you couldn't catch game. wild Pikachu. What about yeah. the other Pokemon? You can't cross... Breed. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I mean, with the other Pokemon, why didn't you just use another one of that Pokemon? Why did you use a Ditto again? Uh, because so basically, if I only had one of every Pokemon, did you, you didn't do it with like a Pidgey. <laughs> did you have one Ditto that Pidgeys. fucked all the other Pokemon? Yes. Can you do that, or like, do you like use it up? No, once you, you can breathe. Do it Hold up, Halloween costume idea. <laughs> Slutty Ditto. Slutty Ditto. Yes. That's just Ditto, baby. Uh, yeah. We talked about this on the panel. Yeah. Um, so basically Fair. what you can do True. with what you would do with Ditto, there's the daycare and they still have that, but you could just leave it. I just left my Ditto in there forever. So like they would get like increased levels while they're there. So my Ditto is like level 50 or something. I this never battled with so it. so nasty. But you can't. Oh, so you can just keep is, using the same one. It's not just, like, does bring Ditto me the next have one. a gender? No. Is Ditto okay? Well, he's an info. Just, it's an info. You're literally you're literally just breeding him. Yeah. Does he ever fight? He's my stud. No. He just a stud ditto. You just <laughs> you trap him in a me. fuck chamber. What I'm what? saying is I, mean, I learned a lot about sex <laughs> as a seven year old playing Pokemon Silver. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. That's bad. I want stud. It was called the daycare. You, you're going to well, yeah. Chamber. You. It's like you chained him. To yeah. the wall. I mean, they get and they, forced him to have sex. With they give them Pokemon. like Pokemon dinner and everything at the daycare. Yeah, do they? They leave them outside. <laughs> it's I, literally an outdoor. They're day wild air. animals. They fight for a living. They're like in a pen, and basically, it's like you put the two Pokemon in, and they'd be on opposite sides of the pen, and the Ditto would be like. So everyone can watch, and then the Ditto would just go like slurp, slurp, slurp. <laughs> Stop! And no, you would okay, talk to I'm, both of them. I am Whatever. putting. Uh, How do you do? 
brings a halt on this topic. <laughs> we can talk more about Pokemon sex. I'll teach you On guys. Polygon Show After Dark. <laughs> but basically the TLDR is I love that game. It is still my favorite game ever. Like the fact that you can go to Kanto at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, So it was basically like Pokemon Silver plus Pokemon Red again. So I played that game for like hundreds of hours to the to the point where the battery died, it was also the first Pokemon game that like had an internal battery so that you could like no, it red, worked in real time. Red oh, it worked in real time. So, so red and blue had internal battery. Yeah, but just like for the clock. Oh yeah. So like on Wednesday a thing would happen or whatever. And like every Wednesday I'd have to play to go do that thing. So yeah. Ugh. For 18 years I've loved that game now. And it was the it's the longest relationship I have ever had or will ever have because I still constantly think about Pokemon Silver. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you need a relationship? You're just making Pokemon of sex. <laughs> That's a relationship too. <laughs> I did spend a lot of time making. Did Pokemon you give of him sex. a break? You ever get another ditto? <laughs> I think I only had that one ditto. <laughs> but he did get. They that ditto did get very strong. He was very strong. He would have been good if for fighting if I ever used him for anything other than breathing. Now, I know we did not brainstorm a section for you uh, before the show, Ashley. But if you have anything you want to talk about, uh, we totally can. If you can't think of anything, we can cut this out. <laughs> well, it's not like a one single game, but I guess all of my... Um, I mean, this is ironic that I'm sure you guys know what I talk about when you say like you have these like best friends, but you like, you know, they're from childhood and like you haven't really, you know, Mm -hmm. keep up all the time. You probably haven't talked to one of them in like literally like a year and a half or more, but you still sort of classify them as your best friend kind of thing. Um, So I have those, but I I, all of them, I noticed at least uh, there's like a pattern in that I met all of them through. Or became friends with them because of like a video game. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Helen, when I first went to like I switched schools and like it was this whole big miserable deal. And then so like actually Helen was the one I think like I at some point because I yelled about Cheetos, <laughs> I became her friend because she was like I love kids. She, oh my god, because I, I was in the yeah we had. Uh, lunchtime and like I don't know I think I was like sitting alone because I didn't know anyone and then I think she like came over and like offered or or she like just asked around like does anyone want like Cheetos and she's like do you want any and then she said it was like really it like kind of surprised her because I hadn't talked the entire time I was in that school and then when she asked about Cheetos she said that I like literally almost screamed <laughs> she, she said she was like this was you she was like cheetos like in a normal voice and then she said that you like screamed like i love cheetos <laughs> i guess i really really liked them but anyway i had them and then i went over to her house and i played spyro the dragon mm. which was my first playstation game that i ever played and then i think ever bought also um, so that was just, well, like, that's like the start of many. I feel like every time I see her now, we'll like, if we can, we'll try to play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like pretty senseless, like most of the time, like sometimes she came over after I'd seen her in a really long time, she moved to California and then she, uh, I was playing Dragon Age Inquisition. I still didn't get past 
it from when she came over because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> that game is really complicated and I'm never turning it on again. Good. I don't even think I was doing it correctly. I don't know why there are two different ways to fight. <laughs> they don't even tell you what, it doesn't matter. But the point is, <laughs> it's just fun to like explore that kind of stuff and like joke around, um, even if you have no idea what you're doing. So we'll still like talk about games. Um, and my friend Rob, who is now, it's like weird to think like, yes, he is married now, but ah! he is married now. And I've like known Whoa. him since I was like 11. And like, I remember in fifth grade, we had to draw a picture of like, I don't know, maybe it was art class. It was like something we liked or did over the weekend. This is when Pokemon first came out before, mm. way before the show. So no one had any idea what the fuck it was. And then the, 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 um, the art for Pikachu that was included in like the Pokemon blue, I guess like packet or box, like is like very, very different from like the current Pikachu. He was like very round. Yeah, there used to be the chubby. Round Pikachu. Yeah, and he was them. like, he looks extremely different anyway. So I drew that as an island. That's what it was. It was for social studies. Oh, we no. had to draw our own island and I did a Pikachu shaped <laughs> island. Holy crap. And I drew it and I colored it and everything. And then he comes over, Rob, and I didn't really know him. I think he was like in my class or something. And he's like, what, is that a cat? And I remember getting so indignant. I was just like, no, it's not a cat. It's a Pokemon. He's like, what's that? I was like, you wouldn't even get it. It's like, <laughs> he got like really defensive. Oh my God. And I was like, no, it's from a video game. He's like, video game. But then I think he's like, oh, cool. What video game? <laughs> but like, he made fun of me and my... He, and then every time he saw me, he was like, oh, you're drawing another cat island. And no. Kids and he, are so weird. I know. It was so, really, it was oh really God, weird. I'm having a lot of <laughs> elementary school memories right now. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, he eventually got the game, too. And then the, the game became popular. And then and he knew what a Pikachu was. Then he knew what the fucking Pikachu was. It's not a cat. God. Mm. Did he understand? And he respected you? I mean, later on, then we also equally like Digimon at the same time, yeah. and that's just a totally different. I'm not that's even going to go down grim. that road. <laughs> was Helen one of those friends where, like, did you have a, a console at the time? Oh, yeah. So she actually, I think, was the main reason why I even got a PlayStation. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I had an SNES, and then I stupidly traded it in yes. for a PlayStation because <laughs> my mom was like, you can't have both. And then, you know, they were like, you can trade it in. And I was like, fine. I only play like Wait, two so games on this anyway. <laughs> so I was stupid. So it's Helen's fault? No, it was my fault. <laughs> I just wanted to be cool and play Spyro and Crash Bandicoot because that's I mean, what they were playing. You were only playing two games. It was like playing the same Mario game over and over. And I wasn't very good. Mm. Which one? I don't even remember. That's how bad I was. <laughs> Holy crap. I just, but there was Birdo in there. There were some eggs oh, going so around. Eggs. I remember, so my next door neighbor, Liz, had some kind of Nintendo console, which everyone, Dixie, Donkey Kong Country, Dixie's Double Trouble or whatever the super hell Super Nintendo? Sure, Super Nintendo. Yes, we, she had that. And it was always that thing where, like, because I didn't have it at my house, every time I went over there, I always wanted to play Super Nintendo, but I couldn't because she had the Super Nintendo and then her mom was also like not in the not a fan of kids sitting in front of screens and playing games instead of being outside so it would always be like can we play the Super Nintendo oh no we have to go outside or go we have outside. to <sighs> play <sighs> card games or whatever kids do <laughs> run around in the forest which I did love to do as a child but yeah it was that kind of was, was it like that with Helen where you wanted to take advantage of the console being there but because it was hers, you couldn't always. 
I mean, I think we were both so equally obsessed with Spyro that it didn't really matter. That's so and nice. And then also, like, <laughs> I never thought about this. This is kind of weird, though. When we were playing Spyro and everything, it's this is wholesome, cute time, right? And then I also remember, like, I think parallel to this, she was in, like, a very serious Counter-Strike phase. <laughs> and we were, like, 11 years old. Like twelve, and like I was playing Spyro, and we're like, "Oh, how do you beat treetops?" And meanwhile, she's like, "Have you heard about this cool game, Counter Strike? I'm playing this game called Diablo Two. Do you want to see?" Helen is cool <laughs> AF, by the way. She was probably playing Counter Strike with my little brother. Oh, oh my, my god! And she was the one. She was like, "Hey," um, I was like, "I don't know if I want to play this game." But I was like looking at Diablo Two, and I was like a preteen. I was like, "I." No, if I want this, and then she was like, "Oh, Ashley, guess what? I guess what? You can do this with the cows. <laughs> what can you do with the cow? Oh, God, so much. What? <laughs> okay, <laughs> strange. So that is actually our episode for today. So, hell, thank you, everyone, for being with me for a year. I'm not talking to you. Listeners, I'm talking to the people in the room with me. Oh, Aww. I thought you were talking to listeners. No, now I'm not talking to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have anything to add for our anniversary? Uh, I'm just excited for year two. Sorry to spring that on you. You didn't have a prepared <laughs> statement, I can tell. I'm excited for Polygon Show to keep going, keep growing. Changing terrible twos though, but we're not going to have terrible twos. We're not going to have the terrible twos. We're not going to have the sophomore slump. We're not going to do it. Wow, there's already so much evidence that (laughs) season two will be bad. (laughs) There's no evidence. This is still I've season never one. Seen evidence you in keep my life. Year two, and that's all that Bungie's saying about Destiny two. (laughs) Year two, Destiny year two. Is it going to be like that? Yes. Yeah, we're just going to keep talking about how year two is coming, but we're never actually going to say anything else. <gasps> Can we? <laughs> just kidding. There's a whole reveal. That I still don't freaking know. Can we happened. get some kind of pun in our name that involves a two? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We'll replace the S with a two? Yes. Polygon. Toe? Toe? Polygon. Polygon toe. Polygon toe. People are going to start Googling Polygon show feet, and I do not want that. We already got to Google that. My God. Well, on that beautiful note of I'm going to go Google my name plus feet, uh, (laughs) thanks everyone for listening. If you want to rate the podcast, you can do it on Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can send emails to polygonshow at polygon.com. My season two slash year two slash terrible two goal is to be better at making time for reading them. I do, or reading them on the show instead of just privately to myself, which is what I do every night. She didn't even share. I don't share. I don't like to share. You know this about me. No share zone. Not here. Not today. Anyway, thanks everyone so much for being with us for a year. Or if you're just coming in, thank you for starting. This has been the Polygon Show.